Welcome to N20XX. This series takes the listener, year by year, into the future. From 2040 to 2195. If you like emerging tech, ecotech, futurism, permaculture, apocalyptic survival scenarios, and disruptive science, sit back and enjoy short stories that showcase my research into how the future may play out. Madge, 26, uses sign language to make the signs for B. A bank account widget opens, floating in the lower half of her field of view. $2.6 million in her account. She makes the sign for close. The widget rolls up and disappears. If anyone saw her account balance, they'd flip. That's why it's her secret. Standing on the side of the road, in Harlingen, Texas, the early spring breeze warms her cheeks. She'll miss Harlingen with its palm trees and sunbleached collars. The others sharing the side of the road with her are dressed in raggedy clothes like her. The man holding a bent umbrella needs a sponge bath. Behind the giantess tower, two deep mining rigs interrupt the horizon. The giantess tower looks untouched by the recent storm unlike all the houses and buildings made uninhabitable. A gray-haired femme walks past, followed by a cart. She half-heartedly calls, waters, 10 cents. Sunscreen, 10 cents. Blimps hang in the cloudless sky. These aren't the Goodyear-type blimps. These are disc-shaped and smooth. Madge touches the dry and crusted abrasion she got during the storm. The hostel where she lived had to close because the storm took half its route. Of all the places she could have ended up sheltering in, sheltering in the assisted living cafeteria where she lifted food scrap is kind of perfect. Some of the old people recognized her and said things like, the nurse is here. A flatbed with four more flatbeds stacked on it, rolls up and stops. The top flatbed extends wheels on bot arms down to the ground and it rolls off. The four stacked flatbeds depart, the remaining one unfolds. The top rises. Like origami, windows fold down and walls fold up until it becomes a bus. She can't even guess what kinds of materials it's made of. The buzzword these days is composites. Everything is made of composites. Lighter, stronger, cheaper. She hears that all the time. She follows the others in boards. This bus will take her on a route it'll never drive again. The routes are determined by where people need to go today. She could pay a little more and get a single passenger ride and not have to wait. Hell, she could take a plane to Vermont, but that isn't her style. Days later, a cab lets her off in front of the medicinal solids co-op called Happy Belly. She walks into the office in what used to be a three-story, U-shaped motel. A femme with curly, red hair sits behind the counter knitting, and watching a make-year-round soap opera on a flat screen. Madge says, I need to check in. The femme takes a wrapped hospital sample cup from under the counter, hands it to Madge, and says, pee in this. Madge takes the cup, spots a door open to a small bathroom, and goes to do her business. When she returns, the femme says she can have a seat and wait. After 15 minutes, a man with the longest beard Madge has seen in person, walks into the office and says, I think you're ready for your transplant. Usually, we have to let recruits eat our meals for a few weeks before. She says, your diet plan reminds me of what I already eat. He says, good, follow me. Behind the building, dozens of tiny homes poke out from the hillside. They each have personalities. One is painted to look like an owl. Another sits in the middle of an ornate garden. They walk to the top of the hill near the tree line. He says, 
I programmed the doorknob to unlock for you. This one will be yours. Meals are always at 7, noon, and 6. You can't opt out. Always use the bathroom in the main building. We take the PS seriously as the solids. A fertilizer company buys RP. Stay hydrated. Excessive exercise is frowned upon. Don't eat any outside foods. Get travel pre-approved. And leaving the co-op is frowned upon. Avoid excitement. Stress degrades the microbiome. She nods and says, understood. He says, guests by appointment only, and we frown upon guests. Their biomes will interfere with our biomes. It may look hippy-dippy around here, but we sell to hospitals. The integrity of our samples must be maintained. She says, understood. He says, avoid contact with any non-members. No makeup, perfume, or incense. Use only the skincare products on our list. We'll help you with your shopping. Did I say no exciting hobbies? She says, yes. He says, we test every sample so don't sneak off and binge on anything, not even junk food. One slip up can ruin your product for weeks, so if you slip up, we'll ask you to pack your things. How long have you been drug free? She says, forever. He says, when was the last time you took an aspirin? She says, never. Eyeing her suspiciously, he points at her gray pants and shirt. He says, did you dress that way to come here? She says, this is how I normally dress. He says, you aren't religious, are you? She says, no. He says, that's good. You wouldn't believe how many religious nuts we get. She nods. He says, I haven't discouraged you yet. She says, no. He says, why are you here? She says, it suits my style. And I like free food and board. He smiles at her. On her first morning waking in her new tiny house, she rolls up her bed, folds the table and bench seat down, and sits to log into work. The first video shows a young man with large eyes and pudgy cheeks, who slumps without a hint of self-consciousness. He reads from a prompt behind the camera, you know the thing about a shark, he's got lifeless eyes. She purses her lips and wrinkles her brow. Lots of these videos feature people reading lines. Looking over the table of responses, she taps funny five, and impressive zero. Before the next video replaces him, she taps cute seven. Her daily tally increases by three cents. The next video shows a cat cartoon character that moves like a person and speaks with a low femmes voice. I went down to the levee, and what did I find? Marge taps sad three, touching three, and evocative seven. Her tally increases by six cents. She was never given an explanation of how she cantered more or less on each video, but she's gotten a sense. When she feels strongly about her answers, she often earns more. Once a man wearing a bright shirt said, I'll be out back if you need me. It creeped her out, and all she put was creepy 10. She made 12 cents on that one. Sometimes she'll see a video she's seen before, and most of the time she votes differently. For a femme reading, singing in the rain, she voted repellent 6, an awkward 7. When she saw the same video months later, she voted, Mysterious 7, and memorable 8. Sheeran to sense the first time, and 11 cents the second time. Are these videos AI generated or are some of them recordings of real people? Who knows? She used to think AI made them all but now she isn't so sure. When she started this data farming job she hated it. Judging people is wrong and will pollute her inner sanctity. It'll make her shallow and mean. But each video plays like an audition. She isn't judging people. She's judging performances. When she takes a break, she checks her bank account. 
It's still at 2.6 million. There are people who'd kill to have this money, but who'd ever suspect she has it? She steps outside to watch the sun rise and pulls her shepherd's jacket tighter around herself. A femme by another tiny house kneels in the dirt tending to her garden. Soon Madge will eat her first breakfast here, devoid of salt and spices, just the way she likes it. Has the fecal transplant they gave her changed her yet? They know the names of microbes. Some are known for helping longevity. Some fight disease. Maybe she'll live to 110. Two sisters ride their bikes through D.C. Behind Crystal, Kelly calls out, Do you miss buses? Kelly flips her hair, looking back, and says, In the winter. As they near the giant test tower, they pause some renovated buildings. Sunlight glints off a blimp, hanging in the sky. The resurfaced street feels woven like the undersides of carpet. The new kind of road surface is supposed to absorb heat and water and never get potholes. We'll see if that's true in 10 years. Crystal says, there it is. She speeds up headed toward a lovely brick high-rise across the street from DC's largest high school. Tall metallic letters over the first story read, the talent agency, with a burst of effort, Kelly pedals to catch up. How does Crystal ride fast without getting sweaty? They lock their bikes to a tree and pass through glass doors that smoothly swing open for them. Rows of seats fill a long reception room. A few dozen peeps sit with glasses frosted over. Their fingers ghost dance as they fill out forms. An avatar appears in front of Kelly at the same time that an identical avatar appears for Crystal. The avatars are the spokesperson for the company that everyone has seen in commercials. The young femme with tawny skin, pixie hair, and standout but professional makeup says, Welcome, is this your first time? Both Crystal and Kelly say, Yes, as Crystal looks in one direction and Kelly in another. The avatar smiles slyly yet still comes across as innocent. She says, Well, have a seat. While you wait, please fill out this paperwork. I hope you've made the time to stay a few hours. The more auditions you finish, the sooner we can land you that next job. She sways a little. Kelly follows Crystal to the other side of the room. They sit a few vacant chairs away from others. Kelly hasn't finished her form when Crystal taps her arm and says, I just got called. See you. When Kelly finishes, she watches an aquarium stretching along the longest wall. The pastelfish moves slowly. The tank has depth, but of course it's a hologram. The spokesperson with makeup appears standing in front of her and says, Okay, your turn. You can follow me. Though the spokesperson is AR. In Kelly's glasses it does look like she walks through a doorway and down the hall. It looks like her feet touch the ground. That's pretty nifty. AR gets better by the day. So many doors line the hall, at least 20 on each side. Kelly gives one sharp laugh. The spokesperson looks back and smiles. A door ahead opens and the avatar says, your room is through that door. You can sit inside. The square room is bigger than a bathroom stall but not by much. Kelly sits on the tall stool in the middle as the door closes. The Oriole hologram wall on her left turns on. The screen sends separate streams of light to each of Kelly's eyes producing a 3D effect. It looks like the room continues into a large room. The spokesperson appears on the other side and says, Face me and take off your glasses, please. Kelly swivels left and says, Oh, is she going to conduct this? Can I have a different avatar? She removes her glasses. A voice with less personality says, Certainly. The peppy avatar disappears and 12 headshots appear. The neutral voice says, Point to the one you want. Kelly points at the one who reminds her of Brianna Taylor. 
The name under the avatar's picture reads, Melania. Melania appears and says, read the lines in front of you, please. Kelly reads, we're gonna be in the Virgin Islands. As soon as we get there, we're gonna get married. The avatar says, good, now read it with more feeling and sit up straighter, please. Stretch your neck higher, please. She reads that line with sadness in her voice, then a second time with anger and a third time with wistfulness. Melanie has Kelly sing, joke, whisper, shout, and scream. An hour passes. She's shown clips and asked to imitate the performers in them. It seems like every time she feels she's had enough, Melania says, the more you do, the better chance you have of getting a job. Prompted, Kelly tells her saddest childhood experience. She confesses her most embarrassing secret. Melania says she can take a 20-minute break. Kelly buys a juice from a machine in reception and steps outside. Crystal doesn't answer when Kelly tries calling. Back in the audition room, she improvises with the rude cartoon duck. She's told to try her hand at stand-up comedy in front of a hologram audience. Picking from a list of songs, she sings karaoke. She plays the part of a bartender, then a receptionist, and then a tutor, an AI. Acting like a lost boy appears and Kelly is asked to help him find his parent. Every two hours, Melania offers her a 20-minute break. During each break, she can't find Crystal, not in reception or outside. After four, two-hour sessions, Melania says, that'll be all for today. Do you have any questions? Feeling wrung out, Kelly says, when will I know about my first job? Melania says, I get asked that a lot. As an agency, we have no control over who will offer jobs and when. The number of job offers will vary. We may have a slow month, and then many jobs to fill, a month later. We'll contact you as soon as we learn of a job that suits your abilities. Kelly swallows, sighs, and leaves. The streets grow dark as she bikes home. She says, Zara, how'd I do? Her assistant appears on her far left so as not to make it hard for her to steer her bike. Zara is known as the assistant who will not be outdone. She wears a different outfit each day and tonight is dressed to see the town and show lots of cleavage. Zara says, sweetie, you did great. I couldn't see because you put your glasses away but you sounded great. Kelly says, aw thanks, call Crystal. Zara says, simply perfect, here we go, the phone rings. Crystal picks up, hi, what's up? Kelly says, I just finished. Crystal says, finished what? Kelly says, the auditions. Crystal says, just now. Are you joking? Kelly says, no. Crystal says, it took me half an hour and I thought that was long. Kelly says, oh gosh, Crystal says, but I got a job offer. I'm going in tomorrow. Kelly's face feels hot. She says, wow, that was fast. I mean, that's good. Crystal says, yeah, I hope. It's at a game company. They're going to scan me for one of their characters. Kelly says, wow, good for you. She pedals harder, trying to make sense of the difference between half an hour and eight hours. What could it mean? Crystal has always been the prettier one, but why would they make Kelly audition for eight hours? She feels embarrassed realizing the reception was empty when she left. The history of talent. Before television, most talents went unharvested. Each town had its class clowns, its blushing beauties, its hunks, its charmers, and maybe someone could play fiddle at a town dance that made everyone thrilled to spin and stomp. Most world-class talents remained hidden in the towns where they were born. In Sears catalogs and local papers, 
The models were average-looking because that's who fashion photographers had access to. Broadcast radio did bring to the public the first voice and musical greats. Musicians that may have scraped together a living playing at weddings and dances hit radio live stages and made bank. As media evolved and added images, we brought to light stunning beauties. Actors previously limited to making their children laugh, acted in shows that the world fell in love with. What do people have that AI does not? Some people evoke laughter whether they're trying to be funny or not. Some beauties redefine what beauty is. There are singing voices that have never been heard before, that couldn't have been contrived, that captivate peeps. When robots and AI do most of the work, what will create jobs? What will make money? The talent agency opens branches in every town and city, in every state. One-room branches open in towns with populations as low as 150. It searches for many kinds of talent including sports and fighting abilities. It finds people who can juggle and people who can ants. Larger branches have rooms filled with instruments auditioners can play to show off their musical talents. They want people who are appealing, charismatic, extroverted, caring, and easy to get along with. When people hear stories about poor people who make it big overnight, they flock to talent agencies to get profiled. You just never know. A 56-year-old femme who can smile only with the left side of her mouth becomes a megastar. She used to scrounge in dumpsters, now she accepts awards in shimmering gowns. There are reliable characteristics for what makes people attractive, but megastars seldom have those characteristics. On the other hand, some of the greatest actors emerge because their met looks no longer get in the way. Computers can make them look like anyone. Before the talent agency, it took ambition and foolhardiness to make it as a performer or model. Because of the talent agency, any and everyone can go in and do a lifetime's worth of auditioning in one day and then return to their ordinary lives. If they catch that big role, the agency will contact them. The next morning, Sarah speaks over Kelly's ear canal connect link, saying, Sleepy Kitty, time to get up. Today is the beginning of your new life. Feel the love. Kelly groans and rolls over. Her solar curtains show a repeating clip of ocean tide washing upon a beach. She reaches for her glasses, puts them on, and checks her mail. No mail from the talent agency. Isn't that what aspiring actors always talk about? Facing rejection, she places what looks like the listening end of a stethoscope into Harrier's and counts to five to charge her connect link for the day. She says, Zara, roll up my bed. Zara says, sure thing. Kelly's bed rolls into a cabinet. She sits in her work chair and logs in. Watching the feed of a giantess delivery bot moving through the city, she reads the labels it puts on everything and makes corrections. These urban bots can use the streets and sidewalks and go into buildings, but they can only deliver one or two packages at a time before returning to a delivery van. Labels float over every object moving or not. A bar counter isn't a desk. A bush in an outdoor dining area with lights on it isn't a Christmas tree. A fountain isn't a swimming pool. Sometimes the bot mislabels to many things for Kelly to correct before the labels pause. She can listen to music while doing this job. That's nice. Her phone rings and an image of Crystal fades in and out in her lower left. She says, pick up. Crystal gleefully screams on the other end. Kelly clicks on a label that says plain and air types to relabel it blimp. She says, what is it? Crystal says, I got another job. 
This one pays a lot. Kelly takes a breath so her voice doesn't sound choked. She says, what is it? Crystal says, a fashion company, you won't recognize their name, wants to capture my beauty. Kelly says, that's great. Wow, Crystal says, they're in Turkey but they can do my shoot virtually at the talent agency so they don't need to fly me to Turkey. I mean, I wouldn't mind flying to Turkey, but I won't turn down $500. Kelly gasps and says, 500. Crystal says, yes, and she screams again. Two days later, Kelly sees Crystal featured in an ad on a cycling poster display inside her favorite seafood bowl restaurant. She only saw it for a moment between other ads. Her sister wearing green emeralds and holding a large glass bottle containing golden liquid. Kelly says to herself, shame on you for feeling hurt. You're a better person than that. In the mornings, Sarah starts waking Kelly by saying, wake up sleepy cat. You have no mail from the talent agency. One evening, Kelly texts with the guy she may go on a date with when her sister calls and says, I'm moving into Heritage NC and C stands for neighborhood complex. Kelly says, wow, you're moving up. She says this in a teasing voice. Crystal says, NCs aren't as bad as they are made out to be. Did you know NCs were started because cities weren't doing enough about storms and floods? My old place still stinks from the last flood. Heritage has underground reservoirs to take all the flood water and a wall around the entire complex to keep flood waters out. Kelly says, oh, that's what the wall is for. Crystal says, you're not being fair. Rain goes to the reservoirs. Sewage gets recycled. The cities should have made that change a long time ago. And seas are wind resistant. The city still builds in ways that create wind funneling and make it worse. Kelly says, I bet it'll be nice. Crystal says, I'm getting skin replacement to remove my tattoos. Kelly says, I like your tattoos. Crystal says, well, I'm a pro now. Kelly says, I like those emeralds you wore. Crystal says, what are you talking about? Kelly momentarily widens her eyes. She says, for your photo shoot, for the perfume mad. Crystal says, oh, I haven't seen that one. Emeralds. Kelly says, you were wearing emerald jewelry, kind of like a burka made of jewels. Crystal says, oh, well, they must have added that. Kelly says, it looked nice. Crystal says, thank you. The next morning, to wake Kelly, Zara says, rise and shine. You have mail. Kelly sits up and puts her glasses on. An email from the agency asks her to call, so she does. Melanie answers, Kelly, hello, we found a job you might be interested in. You scored high in empathy and our client needs peeps to act as comfort companions. Kelly says, where is it? A smile broadens on her face. The avatar says, you can work from home. You'll control an avatar that customers can call when they need to talk. Kelly says, that sounds great, but aren't there chat apps that can do that? The avatar says, over 70% of people who've tried those apps say they can tell it's NAI. They report feeling empty after prolonged use and many report feeling creeped out by the whole experience. Kelly says, I'm not the only one. Melania says, no, you're not. When Kelly starts, her income more than doubles. The work is a blast. She absolutely loves it. She thought it'd be mostly rich winers using the service, but half of her customers live in the same circumstances as she did when she Darta farmed. A lot of times she feels sorry for where her customers are at. At first, she gets random callers at random hours. When one calls, she answers and controls the avatar with her voice and upper body movement. 
A man calls at night weeping and saying, I lost my dear friend. He needed to take a lot of pexin to stay afloat, but I had the feeling he was losing ground. Kelly puts her hands together at the side of her face, tilts her head, and says, I'm so sorry. I see you're in a lot of pain. Tell me more. She isn't sure what avatars her customers choose for her to perform as, so she doesn't know what she looks and sounds like to them. On the other hand, they don't know what she looks like, which gives her the security of anonymity. As the customers give her high ratings, her salary increases, and some customers want to see her regularly. She gets fewer calls at random times. She moves into a studio apartment in a part of town that has running water and no longer needs to order tank water to use her kitchen sink. The water quality varies, but at least she can take showers, something she never thought she'd do frequently again. Using glasses all the time makes her eyes tired. She orders a three-foot by six-foot TV roll and hangs it on the wall with tacks. Hanging it low, she can cushion up on her bed to watch. The first time she sees Crystal in the commercial, she jumps up and screams. Her screaming abruptly stops though because when Crystal speaks, it isn't her voice. The commercial features Crystal and a white guy sitting on a picnic table talking about how they should let God decide how their baby will turn out. Whosever voice that is, it's nothing like Crystal's. The nasally voice says, One reason I want a baby is to find out what God wants for me. Kelly shakes her head and cries, No. Then she slaps her legs laughing. She loves it and can't stand it at the same time. She calls Crystal and asks, Where was that filmed? How'd you keep from laughing reading those lines? Crystal sounds like she just woke up when she says, What do you mean? Kelly says, The commercial you're in. Crystal says, you sight, I just found out about it an hour ago. Kelly says, oh, well, it's so exciting. You look great. I bet that guy wanted your number. Crystal says, what guy? I haven't seen it. They just made it, like, between noon and now. I didn't tact in it. They used a scan of me. It's like an avatar. Kelly says, oh, well, I'm so proud. I'm going to tell everyone. After the call, she watches the TV but doesn't see it, trying to figure out how she feels. Her rating as a comfort agent goes up and up. She buys a mechanical stomach so she can make some of those yummy breakfast bars she's been hearing about. She pays for bots to paint the inside of her apartment with the paint that insulated and dampens sound. Hopefully, it'll reduce the moldy smell. Her friend's birthday comes up and she treats for lunch. At the Sunday flea market, she buys a dress and two blouses. She has her hair done by a chair with bot arms. The next day, she changes her mind and has it done again, differently. While watching a TurnTube video about how to become a counselor, an email icon appears, and she clicks on it. It says, Hi Kelly, this is Melania. I have an offer I'd like to talk to you about. Please click the link when you have time away from others. Kelly clicks it, and Melania appears standing in the room. Melania says, A company wants to hire you full-time, 40 hours a week. It's not the kind of job everyone would like to do but the pay is considerably more than what you're making now. Kelly stands up from her bed and sits on a chair. Her pulse accelerates. She says, what is it? Melania spreads her palms out sagely and says, it's in the pleasure industry. Kelly stops breathing and drops her brows. Over the years, Crystal has gotten all kinds of unsavory offers. Femophiles often ask to take her picture at the clubs. Is that what this offer is like? Kelly says, what is it? Melania says, the customers own pleasure dolls and want people to control them. 
It's legal and safe for you. The customers will never learn who you are or where you live. Kelly relaxes and says, how much is the pay? Melania says, $28 an hour. Kelly's mouth drops open. That's a crazy amount of money. What would she do with it? She says, can I try it out and keep the comfort companion job? Melania nods and says, yes, you can set hours for both jobs for as long as you like. Two days later, Kelly takes her first bought taxi ride to a windowless building and enters. The lobby is much nicer than the outside. A seven-foot robot stands just inside. The carpet reminds her of red velvet cake and fractal patterns endlessly unfold on the walls. An avatar who looks like a middle-aged business femme leads her down some halls and to a door. The avatar says, my name is Pam. You'll need to open and close that door. We don't have auto doors installed on it yet. Kelly opens the door to rig, taking up most of the space in the room. Its robot arms curl inward. Pam walks over to a corner and says, oh, please come in and close the door. Have you used one of these? Kelly says, no. Pam says, I can talk you through strapping in. I'm glad you wore sweats like we suggested. Have you chosen a pseudonym? Kelly says, Becky. The avatar says, that'll be fine. James sights here, a man with bushy eyebrows and big ears, unlocks the door to a closet in one of the rooms in the guest house and gestures. A life-size doll with blonde hair, big boobs, and a micro waist steps out. She says, oh, hi, I was wondering where you were. James rolls his eyes and says, sit on the bed. She says, are you ready for a spanking or should we joke first? He groans and says, no talking. To the caller on his canal link, he says, Pam, are you still there? Pam says, I'm ready. I just need the code. He says, sinners will pay dollar sign thumbs up emoji. Pam says, Becky will be taking over your doll in a few seconds. He turns toward the doll and watches. Its head jerks right. It twitches. Then it turns and looks at James with such a different expression. It almost looks like a different face. With a timid voice, it says, I see him. Is it working? Thank you for listening. I will never run ads on this podcast. Please take the time to rate, review, and subscribe so that more future-minded people can find this show. My landing page is n20xx.com. There, you can find the companion website to this podcast that includes an illustrated timeline and glossary.